0: Hey guys, so my guest today is Zen Perion from Arza Murata. Zen, is, Zen to me is someone who is a representative of simple yet rich lifestyle. And when you will listen to the podcast, you will be absolutely able to notice it. Um, Zen is an author. He wrote a book called Alabaster Girl and I actually met him thanks to this book because I was reading it and three, three days after I finished reading the last page of the book, I see Zen walking down the street literally in the city where I was actually at, at the moment. So I chased him down, introduced myself, shared with him about how, how impactful and good the book was. And since then, we're in, we're in touch. Then he's also a leader and a founder of a company called Arza Murata, which is coaching co- coaching company for men and also a movement that helps men to rediscover beauty in the world. The beauty within themselves, within women, within the world around themselves and, and and in what the world can offer to them. It's a really interesting approach to the world. And to me personally, it was very inspiring. And I believe it changed me in a way after I, was, after I finished the book. So, yeah, so here you go. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> hey, Zayn, how is it going? Uh, good. Welcome to my uh, welcome to my podcast. I'm very glad that you accepted the invitation and and actually I wanted to provide the, the guys I work with and, and, and the people who follow me some experience with me t- talking to you because I can say that being in touch with you and especially reading your book had really changed the way I see women. The, the change is the changed the way I see selection and. I just wanted to tell you that I think that Alabaster is a is is a is a, is a, fun, is a fantastic piece.
1: piece Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: And I wanted to ask you one thing. Um, I talked with Brian from Fearless, and he he was telling me about like like some of some of your some of your past and how, how you came to this place, like of writing a book and, and being a legend in in the road of of seduction today. So. I want to ask you how this how did this transformation happen because you were not always like the the, the confident guy who is like the who is okay with being center of attention and like giving love and giving joy to those around you so can you can you share some some well about your own journey
1: yeah I mean like I I didn't have a traditional background as as you know um I didn't go to school Believe it or not, I went to school until I was 13, oh. and then after that, um, I didn't go to any accredited school after that. But I, you know, I, I read a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, so I didn't go to college or something, where you you would tend to get your social education. You know, that's where you hang out with, make some friends, hang out with some cool kids or try to, you know. And I didn't really. Have that that social uh, education. So when I came out of the forest, because I was living in the forest, <laughs> um, when I came out of the forest at around 19 years old, 18, 19, I had no idea. And I and I got my social education from romantic comedy movies, which I think you you, know, you have to run after the girl with flowers and and uh, assault her 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 time and you know and um so i, I really had a really hard time in my 20s mm-hmm. and i was completely lost and basically in my 20s i was lost and scratched my head going what, what 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 how come that's not working how come other guys have girls or what you know and when i would get a date or something i was so available and so needy and so insecure that they just like, uh, okay, nice nice meeting you. And they would, you know, they would leave me. And know, um, in my thirties, I, I, but I kept going in my thirties, I, I started to start to get some, wait a minute, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And I really, I'm, I'm very introspective. So I did a lot of thinking and I watched, I went to the bar every night, not every night. I went like four nights a week to a bar for 20 years different bars for 20 years. So I put in my 10,000 hours of, of observing social scene and I watched guys and I watched the women and I watched the way they interacted and the way things flowed. And I started to get this idea and started to get this feeling. So it was a very, you know, you said what changed me, 20 years of, of, it was an overnight tran- transformation of 20 years. <laughs> and then, so in my 30s, I started to really start to get it in my 40s i hit the road and started to talk about it and to write the book the alabaster girl and that sort of thing so it was not an overnight it wasn't a sudden thing you couldn't point to one t- one instance of where oh now i get it mm-hmm. and i had no teachers you know i had to there was nobody doing any kind of coaching about this at all when i was young you know yeah tried to figure it out I remember when we met. Basically, I chased you down the
0: street because it was it, it was really a beautiful coincidence. I finished reading your book three days before I saw you walking in the streets of Bucharest, and I have never seen you before that. I wasn't even sure if if, if if that's you. So like, I just chased you and asked you, like, "Hey, are you Zen?" And so, <laughs> and, so. and since basically since, since then we talk. But one thing I noticed really is that when you said to me that. That earlier in life you had this like experience that, that you did not felt that you did not feel involved. And because of that, like involved within the group, and because of that when you are with a group yeah. of people, you make sure that no one is left out. And when Yeah, I, I didn't
1: I, feel feel included. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I could really see that. And I could really see that how you do that. And I think it's this is not really about seduction or about women, but but it's like it's like a social skill that makes everyone feel good mm-hmm. without you being like by Making other people center of attention, or like like by making them feel involved, and I could I, I could feel it myself in that party where where, where I was the yeah. only one who I did, did, didn't know anyone except from you who I met like, one day before, <laughs> and you made me feel that way. So like it's really yeah. it's it's really an amazing it's really an amazing thing and an
1: amazing skill. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, like, yeah, I think that's naturally homegrown in me. Is that you know my mother raised us six kids. I had five brothers and sisters. And she raised us and we were poor. And she was a single mother in north of Canada. And we were, we were quite poor. And so we didn't have, we were kind of picked on at school and didn't have nice clothes and, you know, nice things. And my mother really did her best to, you know, she made our clothes and stuff. And, um, and, so, if, and so I was the one that was the last, I was the last kid picked on this team. When they're picking okay, you, 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 for whatever sports, you know. Um, I was the last kid picked on the team and I was just like this left out chess playing nerd, you know. <laughs> did you play chess? Uh oh, I did back, yeah, I did back then. <laughs> and uh and so so there's something in me that just like won't stand for it. If I have anything to say, or if I have any influence of any kind, and if, if I'm in a group of people at a, at a restaurant table, for instance, and there's 12 people or, in a house party, and I see somebody that's left out, I, I, I can't abide that. There's <laughs> something to be sound because I was left out. Mm-hmm. So I make sure I go reach out to that person, uh, male or female mm-hmm. and pull them into the energy of the center of the crowd. Like if you ever come to my house, um, my house is always filled with women and we have this this just kind of a celebration and it's kind of just a fun energy and if i ever see anybody sitting pulling out their phone because no one's talking to them i, I i'll stop in the middle of what i'm doing i don't care who i'm talking to i don't care who's talking i'll cut them off in mid-sentence wait 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 come here you uh did you did you meet this person yet and i pull everything into the center of the energy so it's that important to me that because i was not included mm-hmm. yeah
0: When when did the thing with with beauty came up? How how did you how did you define your own life
1: philosophy that that the whole alabaster that your life is based on and alabaster is Alabaster Girl is based on? Well, I think in the in the in the course of me traveling for ten years and writing that book for ten years, trying to capture the essence of what it was, what am I really writing about? You think you're writing about women? And you are, and you think you're writing about men, and you are, and you think you're relating about relationships but when i came down to it when you really took a good look at it and so i don't really know exactly how it coalesced into that but really what i was what i'm writing about what i'm fascinated about what i'm writing about now i'm in i'm in italy right now working on my second book um is that concept that our modern age has turned its face away from beauty in you know in relationships that's why there's there's anger and you know tinder swiping and it's just it's, and in politics in communities in um even in religions it's all like you know angry toxic there's the word now right mm-hmm. so we art has turned its away its face from beauty and and beauty has always been for you know over two thousand years since the since plato it's like it's truth and beauty and goodness have been the three fundamental um, essences of of you know society and humanity and in the last hundred years or so about 1920 or so we completely destroyed it said no beauty's out um, it's been ripped out of art it's been ripped out of literature literature is all about look at me how fancy I'm writing now Art is all about the artist now. It's not about the art anymore. It's about, look at, you know, the shock I can do with cutting a, you know, putting a, a shark in formaldehyde and cutting a cow in half. And in architecture too, if you look at, for instance, the, the, the latest celebrated architecture, if you look at, you know, in, in London, for instance, there's a harmony to the city and there's a balance that's always been there for centuries, that they've always tried to put the new building into, the, into, its, into its neighbors and have this harmonic. And now there's a there's a there's this stomping some kind of like a weird shaped building in the center of it all, mm-hmm. because it's avant garde and it's, you know, and it's um, and we've lost harmony, we've lost symmetry, which was was primary for the Greeks and the Romans, symmetry and mm. and the golden rectangle, and we've just destroyed beauty. So mm. so I realized when I was writing that book that really what I'm trying to capture is why. Uh, I know it's abstract, but why have you know why is beauty gone from the earth? We don't seek it anymore, you know.
0: Hmm. The the thing with beauty is, is is there's this feeling that that things are right. I I don't know. It's it's difficult it's difficult to describe, but I was really aware of that after I saw after I was in Dubai and Italy, short one after another. Because in Dubai we have these mm-hmm. huge buildings, and it's really like breathtaking, like how, how, like what a human being can actually build. But it, it's, it's like there is, it's all perfectly aligned. They all look like each other, and it's, it's astounding for us for, for a while. But then it gets like, yeah. then it gets, it's like a, like a plastic or something. And then you yeah. go to like a small Italian city where there is like, even if there is a mess in the street or it feels disorganized, it feels like home even though even though i'm there for the first time
1: yeah so like architecture for sure is like you look at a city like vancouver where you know where i'm sort of from and and you know i'm in florence right now and the this room that i'm in is from the 13th century like this this building that i'm in is even you know it's been updated and renovated but it's this building, and I looked at the history of it, was at one time a grain exchange, and one time um, a mercantile place, another time it was you know, some rich man's house. So these buildings are repurposed. They, you know, they, they have the solidity to them that they can be repurposed, and we use them because they've been given to mankind and handed down. Where buildings in Vancouver are glass and steel. A 100 years from now, nobody's gonna be in those buildings. They're gonna be gone, they won't last you know Mm -hmm. so everything's you know shiny like you said uh but it's all temporary and so we've lost that sense of of groundedness i guess you could say Mm -hmm. what would you what when when you meet a guy
0: who is like in his head a lot like i think heavy guys have uh, are struggling with seeing the beauty because they see everything through concepts and equations how do you usually approach Or how do you make someone like this see the beauty in the world and in
1: women? Well, you know, I guess. um, I, I guess the answer to that, you know, Aristotle said that the our life well lived is one spent in contemplation, and what we don't do is don't contemplate. We don't look out a window and wonder. You know, we get out of the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is grab our phone and start to swipe and see, you know, what all the, you know, the pings that came in and over the night and we don't have, to, and, and then we get out of bed. We check our email. We grab some breakfast. Maybe we rush off to work. We rush through our work. We come home and because we want to have an interesting life. Now we go to our karate lessons and we go to, mm. and we just fill up our space of time so that we feel like we're living a life. We're not just, you know, and what we don't do is put a lot of, Uh, contemplative times in there where you can just sit and look out the window with a cup of coffee and just you know wonder wonder about the history of you the history of your father history of man the history of this building you're in you know
0: Mm. so
1: um so that idea is that I, i i think the answer is to is to sit in curiosity and wonder and contemplation and we've we've erased that we've stripped that out because we, we're taught be busy, 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 busy and fill up our time.
0: Mm. I think curiosity, like, uh, I think curiosity is very key in, in this thing. I, I'm not sure if it was in, in your book or if it was someone from, from your Facebook group that proposed this exercise, but there was one that, that, that proposed to walk in the city center for 20 minutes hmm. and think about, or like look at people and see what makes me feel curious about them. Was that in the book? uh nope, but that's probably jordan <laughs> okay I, m- maybe i i remember that, that i stumbled up on this while i was reading the book and i remember i was in prague back then and i came to the center and yeah. i worked for 20 minutes and i did two like the first one was i was focusing on what makes me curious about people and the second one is what what i would compliment them and after 40 minutes like i was blown away because i realized that once i started to look for those things within those people the people were fascinating in the streets, and I really enjoyed this exercise and walking out there. And I remember writing in my journal that like, like people are not the way they are; people are the way I see them. And it's no, like I, I think just like it was so powerful for me, like this experience.
1: That's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, curiosity is the answer, and and I did write this in my book. Curiosity is is is. Begets curiosity Curiosity builds upon curiosity. If you're curious about anything You're naturally good at it. Like I had no formal education past 13 years old And yet I'm I'm really and people don't know this about me, but I'm super good with computers. Like I can I I have computer in my DNA somehow And I'm good at programming and I can sit down with a new programming language I've never seen before and I can pretty figure it out pretty quickly and I can sit down with a new new uh, computer program and I get, because you know, software, it's in your, you know, you kind of get a sense of, you can pretty pretty much figure it out fast because I'm curious about it, I'm really curious about it. I, I think technology is incredible in that, and and computers to me, I've always been fascinated by them. So that I'm naturally, because curio- if, so if, if you're curious about yourself, curious about your, your role in life, you're curious about women, which I was massively curious about women too, you, you naturally you, you're drawn to it because you you get good at it quote unquote because
0: yeah that's what and you're th- thinking about that's how kids learn right like kids don't have this like they have to learn how the world works they just they just are curious and they're exploring and that's what makes it easy for them exactly then we, st- then we send them to primary school and tell them tell them that they have to and they stop
1: <laughs> exactly yeah 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 um
0: how did how did um where did, where did your passion for women appear? I mean, oh, like my you were, because you were nine, I guess. And I, I guess you weren't think the same way when you were nine and, and when you were 14 and 18. So I'm like, was there any like a single point when you
1: were? When well, you, I don't uh, know because some psychologists could probably analyze me and say, well, because of this trauma, you're four years old. I don't know. Um, my, my parents divorced when I was four and i was put in foster homes for two years and so i was like kind of isolated and locked in bedrooms and closets and stuff like that for two years and separated from my brothers and sisters and then i got back together or or somehow my father gathered his children up again and delivered us to my mother so i was now about six and because it was two years later about four to six years old and from the time i can remember i've so some psychologists could say well because you lost your mother at four years old so you know etc and maybe they're right i have no idea but i've just been fascinated by girls when i was a little kid this i I look i like to look at the girls and i I like to be around the the girls and i was fascinated by them and um so so i've always had crushes on girls all through school but i was too shy and to say anything whatsoever. Mm. And it wasn't a sports jock. So I was just like, uh, so there was no way it was you, you could ever get girls to quote unquote like you when you're, that, you're a kid. And so I remember I asked this girl out one time for the prom and it was seventh grade. I left school in eighth grade. Yes, it was seventh grade and there was a, a school dance. And this girl was sitting just on the next row to me and one seat ahead i've never tell, told anybody this and i remember looking at her all year and thinking this girl's like i was completely smitten by her and i f- got up my nerve after weeks and weeks and weeks to ask her to go to the dance with me and i breathless i like almost fainting i asked her and she said i'm sorry but i'm going with someone else and and i still remember every bit of it today and Um, So I went to the dance with myself and stood against the wall, you know, looked like an idiot in in a suit my mother made (laughs) out of an old man suit. But um, anyway, I, what's interesting is I went back north to that small little town uh, two years ago and went to the old school where I went, looked at this old school and how small the classrooms and stuff were. And I happened to... Talk to somebody that was working at the school like painting a, a classroom because it was school was not it was in this summer so the school was out and they said oh yeah um yeah and i started to name some names i remember from back then she said, well that girl i mentioned her she said, well she works over here at a such and such a store." so i went over there and i saw her right nice. <laughs> and i hadn't seen this girl since i was like you know seventh grade since i was 12 years old and it's yeah, and I, yeah, it was anyway. That yeah. was my, so yeah, that, to answer your question, I've always liked girls and I've always been fascinated by them and I still am. And I just, I like them, I like it more when they're around than when they're not around, I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was uh, part
0: of some of the, the, the discussion on our Arsamur, on Samurai Facebook group. And there was one thread which was talking a lot about about one of the exercises in your courses, which is basically meditating and contemplating on the question of who am I. Yeah, I was and I was reading about this by Michael Singer, Untethered Soul. Not not sure if you know if you know the book. There's an there's an amazing exercise which, which basically says that if you that you can say hello in your head, and you can observe the voice, and you can even yell that word hello and you can still observe the voice Mm -hmm. then there was like a a contemplation so if you can observe the voice it must mean that it's not you who's, who's saying that who's saying that word and you can go with this logic on thinking about like if it if it is you who is moving your body if it's you who's doing the thinking if it's you who's doing the feeling and if not who is it then so I'm curious I'm curious what how do you approach this exercise or what 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 place does it have in 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 your courses and in your like masculine um the the
1: the exercise where we we call it our amuradi ritual do you mean that one sort of thing
0: yeah like like the the who am i question
1: and generally yeah like that goes along with what i talked about with contemplation you know we'll we'll sit down and watch a 30-minute netflix show to fill up our time uh some comedy or something like that. but we won't sit for that same 30 minutes and ponder and, and wonder and wonder what we're made of and wonder what you know my future is going to be and wonder what my you know my role with my my father was you know we don't sit and, and like i said in aristotle said and contemplate so the idea of that what we do f- for the amirati and the exercise we do is to take time every day to sit and think about your life even if you sent five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you just sit before you rush off to all of the emails and meetings and trouble, and you sit and close your eyes and take a deep breath and wonder who am I today and what do I want, you know? Um, there's a Persian poet from a thousand years ago, I can't remember who, but he wrote something to the effect of, before you go to your, your day like to your job for instance take go before you start your day take down your musical instrument off the wall and play it for a couple minutes and then when you go to your day if it doesn't have the same musicality as what you had when you played that instrument for two minutes then stop doing it Mm -hmm. and i i really believe that you know so um i think so yeah i mean that's the idea of, of this what we call a ritual because we're trying to reinstate the idea of rituals and ceremonies and which we've lost you know we used to pray before our meals and
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's gone you know we used to we used to we used to give thanks we used to uh, you know have that kind of gratitude and and it's gone so it's just kind of reinstating some kind of a a daily practice a daily devotional ritual
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so that we can have a mindful way of going through life, rather than just a reactive, reactionary way of going through life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because once you're aware of what's going on, you don't have to react that quickly. And and when you don't react, you have you have the steering wheel in your hands much more than unless you just like blindly right. walk, walk through day. And do you think that this this is changing today? Like you said that in past we used to contemplate more, we used to used to be more present, I could say. Do do you see any like do you see rise of masculinity movements or like, like generally like awareness movements and, and did you see this thing coming back to where, where it was
1: before like with, well i think yeah i think something's I, i'm very hopeful for the future i'm not pessimistic like most people are you know there's a lot of fractionation and a lot of victim you know um, and attacking people and you know this kind of stuff but I, I don't i don't buy into it there's a there's a there's a good great um silent minority of men and women who want to have a good sincere conversation through life and want to have a good path forward and want to be surrounded by beauty and good experiences you know so i don't buy any of that nonsense you hear out on the airwaves and i do think that there is a return there's a return coming to some something of that doesn't you know like i'm a technophile i told you that i like technology so like people complain about these phones cost $1000 and I'm thinking, "Well oh, yeah, well they, imagine what you 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 what they replaced that you had to buy 20 years ago." Mm. And I was like, "When I was a poor young guy, I had to buy a stereo for $1000 and a video camera for $1000 and a camera for $1000 and an alarm clock and a calendar and a map and you know, and, sure. and and all those things have been replaced by one thing and we complain about it." It's mm. incredible. If you took if you took one of these smartphones as it is now, with the functionality of it now, and you, and, you, and you time traveled back 30 years ago or 40 years ago and handed it to the people, they would think it was the greatest technological thing since the beginning of time. They would think this is how this is possible. I can now contact my kids when they're, you know, know where they are with GPS. I can now do this. You know, we would be so shocked by it. But because we got it in small little increments, here's a little pager, and then it turned mm. into a kind of a phone and then a text, you know what I mean? We yeah. complained about it yeah. the whole time we complained about the technology as it got more advanced we complained about people in their phones right and i see i get that for the disconnection of it um you know, we complain that nobody reads books anymore my book is 400 pages long you know and the attention span is gone and people don't have the time to read a book anymore and then you think is that a bad thing because maybe instead of going deep into some kind of knowledge you get the broad knowledge because you're you're reading an article here and an article here mm. i don't know if it's a bad thing so uh so i really i like technology and i don't think we need to strip technology out so we can go back to chopping wood and having kerosene lamps and, and sitting around in the evening <laughs> doing you know knitting because and, and and which is contemplative time right we don't have to mm. reinvent contemplative time by taking away technology um, but I think we need to mindfully, I'm here, I'm here in, in r- working on my book and I turned the, int- I, this is Sunday. So my internet's on, I did all my phone calls, I did all my emails, I did all kind of stuff. And tonight, uh, at midnight, I'm pulling the plug on the internet again for a week, you know, mm-hmm. and just so I can sit and sweat and look around and have nothing to do, but stare at this stupid book I'm trying to write, you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's the beingness.
0: Like, like just being and not having to do anything and just enjoying the moment. But this can be sometimes, this can sometimes be the most difficult thing to do. Like in, in my case, I have these moments when I enjoy the coffee and I just like look at the sun. But sometimes when, when the mind is spinning and when the mind is rushing and I have all the to-do list in my head, it's like, it it's just feels impossible
1: sometimes. The great thing about, you know, you have this to-do list. When I was writing The Alabaster Girl, i was traveling and speaking and i had invitations all over the place and it was I had a busy schedule and i had marketing guys and i had web designers and i had all this i had a long to-do list and i was busy 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 and i realized i'm not going to finish this book because i'm too busy doing enterprise and doing stuff so i one day i turned to hans who's my business partner at the time i said you know what i'm out and i went to nicaragua for four months and i where there was, no, there was no electricity, where I was in the small little fishing village, electricity came on in, once a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for four months in the same t shirt and the same shorts, and I worked on my book, or mostly I, I slept in hammocks. <laughs> and I thought about my book a lot. I thought a lot about it, and I didn't have connection to the internet. And when I came back four months later to civilization, which was a real culture shock for me, <laughs> uh, my to do list had, wait a minute, it had taken care of itself. It was, re, it was the most remarkable thing. You go look at your to-do list and it's empty because <laughs> it took care of itself. It was bizarre. It was the greatest freeing feeling. Come back to civilization and your to-do list is gone. And <laughs> it, it, was, it was fantastic. It, it took care of itself because uh, it, it just expired. And it was a feeling of fantastic energy, man could do anything at that point
0: yeah
1: you start fresh you know start fresh with the uh, invitations this kind of stuff and you really have a, it it really opened my eyes you know like you don't none of the stuff on our to do this is really that important we think mm-hmm. it is but you know you could walk away you could you know we say well i have to do this i have to do that i have to do this the only thing you have to do is die
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's true, you know. It's true, but yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, it's
0: it's similar as you said before. Like, the, it's the it's the small increments. Like, you have more and more tasks, more and more tasks, and suddenly, the ones that were previously not that important become important, and it just keeps expanding and yeah. expanding and expand, expanding until it divorces you completely. And then, the then the yeah. best thing to do is exactly what you did.
1: And yeah, you, I think yeah.
0: everyone needs to do that now and then. Yeah. either either you come back and your to-do list is
1: fixed or you broke (laughs) luckily yeah but you know i'd rather to to lose a a life of contemplation i I would rather be hungry and and be able to have a life of contemplation maybe that's being trite i don't know or or unfair but i would rather it is that important for me to come here like this is i've been here for a week now in italy and it's been with internet off until today and it's been it's it feels like nicaragua again it feels just the the most freeing thing and i have nothing to do but think and and think about my book and and sure enough i I turn on the internet this morning and there's like 250 little red things on facebook and emails like you know (laughs) 50 emails a day for seven days and, like, huh. and I just mark it all as red. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that was simple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's. an amazing freedom. That, it, it's an amazing freedom. in it, just imagining doing doing something like this. So like it's it's
1: amazing. I know l- l- I know so many freedom. guys, so many guys that have come to Bucharest. And my and my life is pretty simple already. Um, I don't do a lot of. I'm pretty lazy because I wanna think and I wanna you know, play my guitar and hang out with girls. And so I've had guys, I've had dating um, coach guys come over the years to Bucharest and they rent an apartment there for three months. And I had one guy, I won't mention his name, who was there for months. And I would see him once every two weeks. And he'd come over to my house and, and he'd look around and I've got eight girls in my place and, you know, my girlfriend and all her girlfriends are there and we're we're singing a bit of song, having a glass of wine. And he looks around and he would say, You know, I don't know how you do this. He said, Because in my house it's all guys. My house in my apartment here, it's guys split testing and 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 uploading videos and, and doing this kind of stuff. And and you're surrounded by this this e- energy of female energy and relaxation, and you're essentially retired. And yeah but and and you're and and i'm looking at this guy and he's making millions you know but i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't trade it no you can have it i want to I'm. you know he, and he said this to me he said over and over again he says you know my goal is to make a million dollars clear and then i'm just going to relax and i'm thinking huh because i don't have a million dollars and i'm, I'm sitting and you're in my house <laughs> and we're hanging out with girls you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and i know so many guys that are just go 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 and bless their hearts and and if that's their that's their what they love and desire then it's beautiful that's you know one of their Mm. their callings of their heart it's not my calling my calling is to is to i don't know try and write which i'm having a hard time but (laughs) from what i saw usually it's like people are chasing this
0: like this huge money, which is basically an expression of validation. It is going extremely, in extremely this way in, in my opinion. And there comes a brick wall at one moment. And then they like, either they get they either a burn burnout comes or like they lose some of, some important relationships. And usually they, they, they change. Yeah. But only, I don't, I'm not aware of, of, of an instance where they would actually, but this would actually happen. I earn my million dollars and now I'm, now I'm okay, I can relax.
1: Yeah, the change right. happens by the crisis, which yeah, and yeah. because they realize that that didn't do it, that didn't yeah. that didn't fulfill them, yeah, you know, so they have to chase the second million dollars, yeah, you know, and 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 they and I mean we've this has been talked about forever, you know, and like I wrote about in my book and you know consumer land that we have, you know, but um, yeah, I. I checked because i was doing that when i came out of the forest i thought to get a girl i had to have a nice car I had to have a nice apartment i had to have the perfect stereo i had to have the right music the right lighting and i bought you know all that i bought my hopes you, know, you buy your hopes you're buying hope that's what you're doing you you're hope that somebody will come into my apartment and maybe like like me and it, and it, it didn't matter at all. And when I moved into a carry-on bag, I, I gave all my stuff away and I hit the road. I gave it away. I didn't sell anything. I gave everything. Here's to take my stereo to, to all the, my ex girlfriends And I hit the road and I had a, one carry-on bag. That's it, you know, and one pair of shoes. And people said, well, wow, you only had one pair of shoes. What'd you do when you had this and this and this? The amazing thing about only having one pair of shoes is your mind is completely freed up. You don't have to think. Should I take? Should I wear those shoes or the shoes? Because you just say, "Well, those are my shoes," and you put them on. <laughs> and and that that simplicity of, in, of minimalization and, and clarity of that it's just like shocks the heart, and it's mm. so valuable and so you know mm-hmm. just incredible. Those are my shoes. So uh, you don't have that multiple of choice, <laughs> and so and something s- something strengthens in you, mm-hmm. in a good way. And it's it's a, you just don't you care less. It's incredible. And that shows, and women go, who is this guy? What's the something about him? Got one pair of shoes. What? Who does that? Who does that? <laughs> right? By choice. The yeah. homeless guy pushing the shopping cart. He has, you know, when I was, in, I was in Vancouver at this, when I gave my all, all my stuff away and I was traveling, I, I went to Vancouver to see a friend. And he invited me to this party where there was all the, all the GQ cool young guys and you know this singles type of thing and it was this cocktail party and i went there and all these guys in their 20s and 30s with their lamborghinis parked outside and all the girls miss canada was there for instance right there was like all the hot girls of western (laughs) canada there miss canada was there and i'm standing around "Ah, i didn't know anybody and i was hanging out with him and and just observing the scene and we were in a group of about eight or nine guys and girls and they're all talking about their jobs and their cars and this kind of stuff and one of the girls looks over at me and goes, so, um, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm kind of just traveling and I just came to see my friend. And, you know, and she said, well, where do you live? And I said, well, I'm kind of, I'm a homeless bum. I don't, I don't live anywhere. <laughs> what do you mean you don't live anywhere? Well, I, I have no address. What do you mean? And, and, and they're looking at me like this, huh? And then she said, well, where's your stuff? And I said, well... <laughs> That's another interesting <laughs> question. I don't have any stuff. And instantly, I didn't expect it because it was, you know, but it was, it was funny because instantly all the girls go, what, what do you mean? Tell me more. And all the guys go, uh, uh, the guys who are trying to jostle, I got the nicest apartment, I've got this nicest car, blah, blah. They're trying to go in the hierarchy like this. All of a sudden, yeah. when, you, when you're homeless by choice, it shoots to the top of the hierarchy and there's nothing yeah. they can, I didn't expect it. And the girls go, this is incredible. I've never, this is, you do this? Oh, by choice you did that? And the guys are going, oh, I've been thinking <laughs> about doing that too. Uh, 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 <laughs> a shot a shock to the top. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And all the girls were glomming around asking, how, because you do it by choice. That's incredible. And nobody knows this. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So we all already have the freedom at
0: the reach of our hands, but it's just like we're complicated to ourselves, basically.
1: Well, yeah, like I said, we're trying to buy our hopes. Buy our hopes, yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you one more thing. How um,
0: how would you define, in your words, seduction? What is seduction and, and what's the most beautiful thing about it?
1: Well, I think seduction has got a bad rap. and You know, like, it's people think, well, that's a bad thing. No, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think seduction is you opening up you giving someone what they're what they're craving already which is to be seen to be respected to be desired you know seduction is is really to desire something and to and to um and to to give voice to that desire give expression to that desire and with full respect and kindness and empathy and but the desire is strong there that's that's the opposite of neediness strong desires not needy and and we think they do the same thing so we, we don't we hide our desires you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so seduction is giving that playful expression uh and allowing the others to know that that it's okay because i get it i know what you're thinking internally for instance women are are, are constantly thinking dirty thoughts believe it or not yeah And so you know that, and you can wink at them and get it, and say, "I I understand what you're you're thinking." No, 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 not me. Yeah, 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 you, you know. And it's because you know that, because you can give expression to that without judgment. That's the key. Like women, women and men have to be very, very strict with the way they are with their sexual energy because they don't want to be judged. You know, Mm -hmm. and when they recognize that you that you believe in life you believe in the polarity of men and women and the attraction the magnetic attraction that, that goes across there and you don't judge you're not you don't judge you just you 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 want everyone to have a have a good experience in the presence of you including her and they can feel that they'll follow you to the end of the earth you know so seduction on that is, is not manipulation manipulation is, is a stain you know no. And what do you think is the is the the main element that that
0: makes the 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 vibe of the word seduction bad today? Is the, is it Well, the...
1: I, I I don't know. I just think that uh, I don't know because I think you know secretly we all admire the guy that Casanova of the world. We all think yeah. You know, even the, the women admire him. No, that guy, he's a CAD. I would never go near him, but they secretly admire him. And the guys too, oh he's oh, I would never be like that. And they're thinking, I wish it could be like that. So because they bring something to the world which is a playful energy, which is a which is a which is a, a fun energy, um, and they and they represent something that that you know that, that kind of Casanova type represents something that we we dream that we could be you know, and it's, it's in in Casanova, you know, I don't know, like the bad rap is because of manipulation. Like the pickup artists, you know, all came along and they were teaching tricks to guys like how to, how to secretly do this. So she doesn't know and how to get her manipulate her to your apartment so that you can maybe get her to stay in. And it was not all, but 90% of that, of that whole quote unquote seduction community was about manipulation mm. and how to stack the odds in your favor i stack the odds in my favor too i i know how to I, like i i want things to 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 be arranged around me the way i want it to be but i do it with in a way that isn't manipulative and it is, it is it's an invitation you know so there's a constant invitation into this and they can say no i'm i'm good i'm not interested uh i'm married i have a boyfriend i get studies I understand you're still invited that that energy is given out there freely for them to step into it willingly. And that's not manipulation. Mm. You see?
0: Yeah. And it's an honest uh, like, it was like an honest expression of your internal world and what's, what's going on internally within you. That's right. Which, which, which cannot be judged if it's, if it's, if it's true. Right.
1: Yeah. If it's aligned with who you are, hmm. right. It's, 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 and, and the thing is when guys say, well, you know, how can I speak my truth because I'm not interesting, but your truth is that you're sincere. Like if you, if you see a a girl in the, in the food court of the mall and you think she's pretty and you would like to get to know her, that's, those are truths of the universe. Mm. That is really how you feel. You're not lying to yourself. You're not lying to anybody around you. You would be lying to her if you said that to her. Mm -hmm. It's a truth. It's all, you know, that you look like somebody that I would like to get to know. That's a truth. And so, you know, that you are speaking truth. You're authentic, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and you can move forward knowing with the sincerity of that, that I'm sincere. And she might turn around and say, I'm not interested. Go away. I have a boyfriend. Uh, Leave me alone. When you were being kind, Mm -hmm. you know, she might, she might be mean in return, but it doesn't change the fact that what you thought was true to be of the universe. Mm. So, something that's how you, you want the universe to be aligned around you. Yeah. Then so, the
0: question like the, the, the question that would come up sometimes is like how do you know what's the truth? And how do you know which what was the one that's, that's somehow pretending or like programs societally?
1: You mean yourself, the truth of your what you're thinking is the yeah, truth? Yeah, like like how how yeah. do I know I'm not lying to myself, for instance. Well, you don't know. Like you might really have a strong conviction today, and tomorrow you're not sure about it anymore. But that's what being a man is. You know, it's like not, we're not sure and put our stake in the ground. The, the, the true leaders of the world say, wait a minute, I'm going to make a decision. Boom. And this is how I, I feel strongly today. Tomorrow I have new light. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to move that then. I'm going to pull that flag up and put it over here. So it's, it's not bad to change your mind. You know, conviction right. isn't like stuck in stone and the whole thing. It's saying, I, I will make a decision. I'll be absolute on it today. And when I have new light given to me, I have new information. Oh, okay. Now, in light of that, I will change, you know. So we, that's why, you know, we write our goals. And I want to get a Lamborghini by the time I'm 25. And I want to get, you know, a million, be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. And and, and we stick on these goals. And we think that that's, that's the whole, that's how to move forward through life with this very goal-driven thing. And there's no flexibility into any of that you know yeah so i think it's um yeah i think uh make your make your statement of what you want your life to be today that's why you you pause every day that's why you do a daily ritual you take 10 minutes and sit at the end of your bed before you grab your phone before you do anything close your eyes ask yourself who am i today and what do i want and just sit silent in that think about you at 30 years old or 20 years old or 40 years old. Think about you and who are you today and what do you want? Yesterday was a it was different, might have been different. And tomorrow you might think something different. Yeah. You might you might see something, you might see a, a poster of of Madagascar today. So next morning you're thinking, man, I would love to be in Madagascar. That's what. see something changed. Mm. But it still doesn't matter because you're still making you still have conviction in every day every moment as you go forward so
0: yeah yeah so thank you very much for your time uh, before we wrap up uh if someone wants to follow you or get in touch where, where can they find you where can they find you
1: well they can go to my my website i guess the best one is arsamorata.com a-r-s-a-m-o-r-a-t-a.com um uh, or go get my book get my book. It's, uh, it's available on Amazon, the Let me know what you think about it. Read it. It's 400 pages long, short attention span people. <laughs> Take some time, read it. I wrote it in chunks so you can, you know, pick away at it and mm-hmm. let me know what you think. Cause it's, um, 10 years of writing and it's yeah. Yeah. I hope my next book's not going to be 10 years, but anyway, okay. okay. Arzemrata.com basically. Okay. So thank you again, Zen, and enjoy, enjoy the rest of your stay in, in, in Italy. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.